Welcome Generation Church friends and family to our podcast. We pray and believe that this message will encourage you right where you are to slow down and worship Jesus. To get more connected and sign up for community groups, go to generationri.com. you say slow down? We've been in a um, church series, uh, sermon series called Slow Down Spirituality. Slow Down Spirituality. Uh, we've, we've done this many, many weeks. I think I keep doing it because I'm preaching to myself over and over the need to slow down. Anybody need to be reminded a hundred and plus times to slow down? Anybody? Yeah. My man there in the back. Man, love you. We need, to, we need to stop. We need to slow down over and over and over and over and over and over again. You know, we can get so familiar with things and with life that we're just kind of rushing and rushing and rushing and going and going and going. We don't kind of consider the reason why. You know, when I was in uh, Montreal uh, a couple months ago, um, one of the things I love about going to a new place, uh, especially when they speak a different, a different language, is uh, I, like, uh, I like learning like a, one word or two and then botching that word. Um, and I don't really, I don't really, uh, it's, it's, you know, language. Uh, I, I failed Spanish my, fre- I mean, uh, yeah, Spanish my freshman and sophomore year. Um, uh, and uh, silence to that, that's Okay. But uh, I tell that story often. Uh, it's how I met my, my wife um, uh, at my junior year. She was a freshman. But I held on to one word back in those Spanish days. And it was, um, you, if you guys are familiar, been around, if you're brand new, uh, welcome. Uh, bonita. Bon- can you say that out loud? Say bonita. bonita. Beautiful. It means beautiful. So I held on to that. And that one word, by the grace of Jesus, led me to now being married in a relationship for 22 years and three kids by the grace of God. Amen? And I'm not saying it was just because I could speak so eloquently Spanish and that one word. Um, But it does make you stop and think the power of words, the power of certain truths. And so when I was in Montreal, there was one word, and uh, it was uh, this word. It was eret. Wow, I think that's the best I've ever said it. But it was really like a word that actually I would, I would botch. I would go up to people and be like, Eret! Like really loud and get excited. And it means stop. Can you say stop? stop? And I was thinking about this because I kept seeing it everywhere. And I'm going around and, and I saw it, it was still the red sign uh, when I would, we were walking a lot of places and I would see it. But it got me thinking because when I went away f- uh, on this trip for a few days, it was so restful. It was, it was an amazing time where I got to slow down. I got to go with uh, one of my best friends in the whole world. I got to go see my, um, my brother and his dear family uh, who was there. And I just, it was an amazing time. And it actually felt like this one word, which is actually kind of a comedy scene that uh, I was, and, and, you know, because you, know, I, I, you know, my, my wife says that my sense of humor is improving, you know. Uh, You know, as as fun as it was and as fun as it was to go around and say, and then to have my brother ridicule me that I was getting it wrong and all of that, it got me thinking, it got me thinking this, it felt like the whole trip 
And, and I was coming out of uh, this summer, it was a purposeful, different type of Sabbath where we had all these different people preach in our church and I just got to rest and receive. And coming out of that, I got to stop. Can you say stop? A little bit louder, say stop. stop. And slow down. And over the last two plus years, my wife and I and our family, we've been taking part of a ancient, ancient practice that the Jews and Christians have practiced as followers of Jesus, and it's Sabbath. Say Sabbath. Which literally means to stop. To stop. To be still. And I want us to look at the Ten Commandments and how the Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments And I want to give a message today called The Courage to Stop. The Courage to Stop. So we've been in, you guys have been been standing a bunch, and we always just, in honor of the the word of God, and would do that and welcome everybody online who's listening or or watching. And uh, here it is. We're going to get to the the, the Ten Commandments, but we're going to look at a passage we've been in and then go to Deuteronomy. But we're right here in Joshua. And let me just read the scripture. You'll get to hear a little bit about Joshua that we've been in the last few weeks and this series, Slow Down Spirituality, where we're looking at spiritual practices that help us slow down to stay devoted to Jesus. Doesn't that sound nice? To slow down to stay devoted to Jesus? Well, it's really hard unless we have spiritual practices that help us to slow down. So here it is, Joshua Chapter one, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates and the land of Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down and the sun shall be your territory. Moses, along with Abraham, the defining figure in not only Jewish history, but human history, because Jewish history has shaped so much of civilization and nations throughout the world. And here we have This moment in the story, we have Moses, who's dead, who had been leading the people to get into the land that God had promised for them. And Joshua, who's in his old age now, who is an assistant of Moses, uh, is listening to God, and God is trying to speak to him. He's having a moment of slowing down, literally. We've talked about that when you're around um, death, when you're around times of mourning. You know, my, uh, my good friend and pastor is doing a sermon series on Ecclesiastes right now. And it's a powerful time because we live in a world that, that's struggling with meaning. And, and Ecclesiastes is this letter of wisdom about everything is vanity. Would you say vanity? Yes. Meaning you're all gonna die. Yes. Okay. You're all gonna die. Have a great Sunday. But you really are. And you've heard it say, right? 
Go to the rubbish place down the street where everybody brings their trash and just look at all the stuff you have right now. It will one day be there. Right? Some of you are like, I'm trying to get a head start. Got to simplify, you know? I love it. Death is the great simplify, the great, the great simplification of humanity, right? Whole movement, I love it. You know, we got to simplify, right? I want to live simple. Get ready, honey. Death is coming to each and every one of us. But on a real note, a lot of you have faced death and experienced it, and it creates a great sense of mourning. And, but not only mourning, but also a sense of what is most important. Would you agree? A perspective of what really matters. See, when you slow down, you're able to stop and ask, what really matters? What really? Because, because the Ecclesiastes says it's all vain, vanity. Your striving and your toil. Over and over and over, but it's all, it's, all, it's all vanity. And so Joshua is in this moment and he's receiving from God instructions about the fact that, guess what? The mission and the promise, and the, it wasn't over. That even though we're all going to die, that while we live, God wants to give us the reason and the purpose for why we're alive, Right? Why are you alive? Okay, that's, that's the first four verses. Okay, now Joshua 1, 5, 9, he keeps going on. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, Joshua, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Can you say that? Say, be strong and courageous. Can I just encourage everybody, especially online who's watching this, we hope that you had a great weekend. Come visit us sometime soon. Can I encourage everybody watching online, everybody in this room, that one of the, the, the biggest pandemics or epidemic that I see in society, especially in the church, is this, a lack of encouragement. Do you know that to encourage is to give courage to someone? Has anybody been on the side of receiving encouragement from somebody they love? Does it not give you courage to keep going? Yes or no? Absolutely. So God is the great encourager. God is judge. He is creator. He is king. But what makes God our savior, it's who he is, but the what? He is a God who encourages us. Who here is thankful that even though God is still righteous, just, and true, to leave you in your judgment state of being separated from God in eternal hell, but yet God did not leave you in your muck, in your mess, but encouraged you and gives you life in Jesus' name. Amen? Who's in, who here is thankful for that? I'm so thankful for a God who's encouraged me, who encourages us. And then he sends the Holy Spirit so that you and I would encourage one another. I have a task this week. This isn't part of my exact notes, but I don't preach from notes, but here it is. It's this. This week, I want you in our church family, Generation Church, and any other church family that's listening or watching this, I want you to text two or three people a Bible verse and a prayer in Jesus' name. Amen?
Only be strong and courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Who wants, here, who wants to have good success? Who here wants to have good success? And what we're looking at is that God defines what is success, right? I love the movement of Jesus. I love God. You know why? Some of my heroes that I read about throughout church history, I think about one who is the first missionary, started the missionary movement in China. He saw no fruit in his life. He died, but the seeds of his prayers and his work, you know what it's done? Oh, it's produced a great harvest of faith throughout China in the underground church. Do you hear that? You know, God defines success in your life. I want to just say that as we're reading through the scripture. God defines what success means. So faithfulness in your relationships, faithfulness to God, faithfulness to one another, is it success? Yes. I mean, you think, you know why this matters, right? I mean, we don't live in a world that constantly is preaching that, right? We'll get to more of this in a moment. But God says, so that you may have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not live in fear. And do not be dismayed. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Okay, so God is telling Joshua to meditate on the law day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. This is very crucial for you to, to, to get. I'm not going to be able to go into the full depth of the law and what that looks like in the first five books of the Torah. And yes, the reality that the whole law of God, the commandments of God is summed up as this. You shall, say it with me, love the Lord. Say it with me because our tongues get stapled sometimes. Before I got saved, the devil stapled my tongue. Not literally, don't worry, sorry, Christianese. But my tongue was to my throat. I remember that in New England Keswick up on the mountain right at that moment of salvation and the enemy was lying to me and I wasn't able to speak out loud the truth of Jesus. And ever since then, the enemy and all sorts of whatever else has tried to stop me and you and especially to your family and friends in this society to speak the truth and love of Jesus. So let's say this out loud. You, if you know it, this is the, the, the one person said the Jesus creed. It's the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Come on, look to your neighbor. I shall love my neighbor as myself. Especially your closest neighbor. Say closest neighbor. Like the person that you really, really love, but that drives you to woo, craziness. Anybody have any of those people in your life? Anybody have those people in your life? Are you that person? Don't, no, 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 raise your hand. So that's the summary of the law. But here's the thing. We are saved and brought into the family of God as sons and daughters through the new covenant, the blood. Can you say the blood? The blood of Jesus. 
all the blood of you and I flows back. I heard somebody say it the other day. They said, hey, I'm just this way. This is just how I am. And I said, I know, me too. That's the blood that goes back to Adam and Eve. But thanks be to God that I don't have to be stuck in my feelings, stuck in my flesh, stuck in myself. And I can remember that what now flows through me by the faith, by the grace and through faith in Jesus is the blood of Jesus. Amen? The blood of Jesus stops you from gossiping. The blood of Jesus stops you from criticizing. The blood of Jesus stops you from complaining. The blood of Jesus, when you do do all those things, and worse, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only let what is good for building up of the church. When you do do that, guess what? The blood of Jesus reminds you that Man, I turn to you, Jesus. Forgive me. Lord God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Lord God, that I am under the covenant of the blood of Jesus. Amen? My God, if I was in a Pentecostal gathering in church, people would all of a sudden, I love it. They would, I remember I pre preached in Norwich, and they, that's where I got the nickname. They said, preach it, white boy. <laughs> Seriously, it'd be normal. You know, like, I we need to bring back the tambourine lady in Jesus' name. Amen? Bring back the tambourine lady just up there. Just preach it and just speak it. Anyways, I'm sitting though because I want to teach you. I want to teach you. I know in the church, not this generation, we're great most of the time, but it's this. We live in an unteachable spirit age and people wonder why schools and kids are jacked up because you're unteachable and I can be unteachable. Whoo. Felt that? We can be so unteachable. But God said, no, no, no. Under the grace and the blood of Jesus, you know what it does? Say death to ego. Death to ego. Oh, humility of Jesus kills our ego. Yes. Kills our ego. Thank God that you are under the blood of Jesus. The sacrifice of God poured out. But God still gave us the law, and it's good. The law is good. It is. Your word is like honey to my lips. The law is good, and Joshua is meditating on it day and night. So the, the bedtime, can I make a confession with you guys? Can I be vulnerable? Some of you are like, yeah, give it to me. <laughs> give me the juice. Give me the, No. Give me the secret stuff, you know. Go to my go to my group and just talk about it and gossip. No, no, not you guys. Jesus' name. I love it. A couple of, uh, uh, months ago, I said something, and I always sometimes I'll say stuff, and I literally will, you know, I have to. God, 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 is that all right? Help me. And uh, so I said one time, I said, you know, we're not going to be a church where people, especially like either guy groups or women's groups, where the guys or the girls get together in a group and then gossip about their husbands or their wives or just talk about other churches negatively. Go, we are not gonna be that. And I'm like, I hope I said that okay. And then afterwards, people are like, I used to be in that group. And I was like, well, you won't be in Jesus' name. Can we say amen? amen. But here's, here's, here's the thing uh, to be vulnerable with you is this. I love watching sports so much. Like, I'm obsessed. Like, like, we had a guy wear a Lakers hat up here, and I almost left the church. Because I'm not a Lakers fan. But no, no, in all honesty, uh, when my kids um, 
were growing up, I loved to uh, watch, uh, and, and my, my, dear, my dear younger brother's here, so he can attest to this. Um, I just love watching sports with him when he should have been going to bed. I'm confessing, being vulnerable as your pastor. But I realized like at nine o'clock, not good. I'm just being real. I mean, I don't do it anymore. But I used to, and I just loved to, and I was thinking about not only that, but the pace that I was keeping and watching, enjoying, because one of the things I realized is that, man, I'm so thankful and so blessed to have the kids. Anybody's thankful, even when you, they already have made you lose some hair, you're so thankful for your kids? Anybody thankful? Yes. Amen. And, but it got me thinking that it is a good rule and a good principle to put your kids down with no screens at an early time. Amen. Would you agree? Would you agree? And God bless you, faithful person who puts out that little image. I don't know what it is, but I often see that image. If it's an animal or a person or a whatever else with a slow down drive like your kids were here. You guys see those? God bless you, faithful one. (laughs) But like, it's a good thing to slow down in the neighborhood, isn't it? It's a good thing. It's a good rule to go to bed and have your kids go to bed at a certain time. Here's another, here's another kind of rule that we have in our, in our house, and, and it's this. Date nights make the devil mad. Date nights make everybody who's married say, date nights make the devil mad. Well, what does that mean? That's like so spiritual. Like, oh my gosh, don't get so intense. Uh, it means that there are um, seismic forces that have been there since the beginning of time to try to disrupt and divide and conquer marriages, and that if you do not keep romance alive and remember your vows and have time where you're not talking about your kids, but you're talking about God and listening to one another, you're probably not going to make it, especially in 2022. Date nights make the devil mad. So that's a rule we have. Uh, I I did another rule that was so good. For the last 24 hours, Sabbath, Saturday night into, uh, Friday night into Saturday, you know what I did? And and some of you, and I've heard it, you're really good at self-regulating, like what you look at with phone. But can I tell you, I, I, I I didn't, you know, there's air, like right now my phone's on airplane mode because sometimes God bless some people will often be like, hey, I'm not going to be there today. I'm like, thanks, God bless you. I'm preaching. Um, (laughs) Your love never fails, it never gets... And so I have it on airplane mode, but I just discovered another thing. You guys happy to be here? I'm happy to be with you guys today. I turn, you can turn on the side. Everybody, yeah, everybody, not you, because you're watching online, but you can turn it off. Do this, try it. Try turning your phone off. Could everybody, right now. And you don't have to, don't tell me what to do. Okay. I turned, I turned the phone off for 24 hours, and I'm not exaggerating. It was, guys, hey, friends, it was the most present that I can remember. And literally afterwards, my wife's like, there's something different about you. And I said, yeah, I wasn't constantly checking my phone. And so there's rules and there's disciplines. If I were to give the mic and go around, and we should as a community, have you guys heard of like best practices? We should all learn best practices, okay? 
our courageous, amazing, one of our worship leaders uh, here. Uh, you know what he has, generational worship? He, he has, uh, he, he, three times a day, an alarm goes off on his phone to remind him to pray. You think that's a good, good rule or good practice? So the Jews, the people of God, and you know this, every single religion has certain practices that they do, right? We all do. You know, I, uh, one of the new things, it's not, it, the new religion is that, to, and, and I'm not saying this judgmentally, is uh, I love talking to people who are like this. The new religion is to be spiritual, but what? Not have a religion, right? So I, I met with somebody earlier and they said, today, my girlfriend's doing yoga and I'm doing fishing. And both of us is to help us to kind of recenter and kind of reconnect, right? No, no, literally, if you meet somebody, and I, and I love this, and you should listen well to people who say they, maybe they're not religious, they will have set things that they will do. They will have certain practices that if they don't do it, what happens? Does it impact their soul? For you and I, you have certain things that you do that if you, that if you don't keep doing, it impacts you, right? It's one of the things that I love about community group. We talked about that spiritual practice of gathering together. We need to be in Jesus' community. The reason why we talked about showing up on Sundays is because we need to remember, first and foremost, we offer praise to God. That's why we exist, and to encourage one another through the Holy Spirit. So here's the thing with Sabbath. Listen to this command from God that is still alive and well. And we'll talk more next week about Sabbath, but I wanted to set the table for you and I. And in here, here we are in, in Deuteronomy, and we'll be on our way to practice this. Can you say practice? Practice this in Jesus' name. Deuteronomy 5, 12 to 15. Observe or obey the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. This is one of the Ten Commandments. Six days you shall labor and do all the work. But on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, your God. On it, you shall not do any work, you and your son and your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock. So for me, I do use my phone a lot. So a really simple application would be, would be to turn, turn the phone off. Whatever the type of work that, that you and I have, verse 15, this is the why. Can you say why? You got to remember the why, that why God gives commandments. Why, why do we not drive crazy fast in neighborhoods? Because we don't want children to die, get hurt, right? Why do we want our kids to go to bed at a certain time so that mommy and daddy can celebrate Jesus by keeping romance alive, Amen. Oh, is that too real for you? Okay. Or just, I don't know, that they're a little bit different. You ever notice the kids are a little bit different when they sleep? You're a little bit different when you sleep? Well, so whatever it is for you, but here's, it goes on. The why for the Sabbath, you want it? We're gonna get to, which is one of my favorite just realities I've been thinking about is the beginning of Genesis, that God is the one who stopped. Can you say stop? He stopped and he rested. Genesis, in the beginning. The courage to stop. Does God need to stop from his work? No, he's God. 
We'll get to it, but one of the purposes why we stop and rest is to delight and to enjoy, amen? God stops to delight and to enjoy in all the work. Do you know that there's only one person that when they brag and show off, they're right in doing it, and it's God, because he's perfect. God is not an egomaniac, God is God. But for us, for us, we need to stop because we're not God. Amen? And you do know there are only two type of worshipers in civilization throughout all human history. Jesus worshipers or self-worshippers. So we'll get to how God stopped, but look, he's telling us to stop and here is why. You, verse 15 of Deuteronomy, you shall remember that you were a slave in a land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there, out of slavery. We still recite this, even though our story, um, maybe physically, is that we, it was true for, for some people in the last hundred years, right? Especially here. But the reality is we keep remembering that our story is connected to this story. So we remember that. But the translation for us is what? You, you should remember that what? You once were a slave to yourself. You once were a slave to that bottle. You once were a slave to whatever else you were a slave to. The slave is the thing that you keep doing over and over and over and expect a different result that you know that isn't good and healthy for you. He says, remember that you once were a slave and I brought you out of the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from, with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, can you say therefore? The Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Again, we'll talk more next week. Come on and listen, but I'll say this. The Sabbath is not sexy. It is hard work to stop and remember that you're not God and you need God and everything you have is from God. The reason why I say um, the Sabbath isn't sexy is that I think that there's people that come from different perspectives on this. Some have a perspective like I've had often. It's like, well, you got to do, it's only for the certain people that do this, they do that. They, it's like, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. And then there's a new generation of people who love the idea of slow down spirituality. It's like, yeah, I need to slow down. I need to simplify, breathe, all that. We have to remember why the Sabbath. God commanded the Sabbath first and foremost, for us to stop and to remember that we are not what we do. You're not your successes or your failures. You are not your income level. You are not your relationship status. The reason why this is for the people of God and for you and I is because we need to remember the why and the why, and it's why it takes courage to stop is because the one thing that we know that we need in order to accomplish all that God has for us is the thing that is hardest 
for us. And that is to stop, to slow down. And before we think about what's next, we praise God for God and for all he's done. Amen? Meditate on this, the law, day and night. Meditate on who God is. Meditate. So here's the a, a application, and then we're going to really go deeper into the word next week, specifically looking at Genesis and, this, and the Ten Commandments, and specifically more about Sabbath and what that, that means. But here's an application that we've started. And historically, to this day, Sabbath is from sundown to sunup, Friday into Saturday. I'd love to go deeper and talk with you, and we will, about how different people, depending on their life stage or whatever, um, maybe practice the Sabbath the other day. But very simple. Sabbath means stop from your work and to have a 24-period time where you are not working. Why? Because built in to who we are, and this is why I said we need commands, we need laws, right? We, we, we need rules, we need instruction. So sadly, we're, we're a generation of little kids who have a good father, who have the word of God, but we're running around with an orphan spirit, trying to do our own thing and make our own commands, and God's saying, I've got it built in. Do you know that when I talk about the Sabbath to people who are not Christians, they look at me with like a wow, like a wonder, like tell me more. I sense that I'm not made ultimately to just keep going and going and going and to never stop. When you Sabbath, you remember this. You do not work to rest. You rest so that you can work to the glory of God. Think about that again. You do not work to rest, meaning having a day off is great. That's great, but that's not necessarily a Sabbath. It's you and I remembering out loud with specific practices for a 24-hour period of time. And before, we'll get to the logistics and how that works, and it's gonna be different for every family. The point is to have a 24 period of time where you are doing the things that you Love that are good, beautiful, and true. And remembering, oh God, thank you for the work that you've called me to. Thank you that you have good success for me. Do you see it? God is telling Joshua to Sabbath. God is telling the people like what we will do to pray and to fast. Tomorrow, I have wonders for you. I have breakthrough for you. I have things that you can't even imagine ahead of you. But you need to stop and remember that you are not God. Maybe this is only for a few people, but for me, it takes me courage to stop. It takes me so much courage to stop because why? I keep going and going and going and going. Yes, I want to see my family provided for. Yes, I want to see the, see, see the church of Jesus Christ built up. Yes, I want to see every single one of you walk in your destiny and be empowered with the voice that God gives you. Do you know what keeps me up at night and makes me go, um, wake up early in the morning? It is to see every single voice and every person that is breathing be empowered with Jesus to live out the purposes that God has for them. That's what gets me fired up. 
Every voice matters. Every voice empowered. Ah, can you see Joshua? Look in your own life. Meditate day and night. This is a commandment to stop and to remember that it is only through Christ that you can do all things. So Friday night, in this season after flag football, we've been doing this for two years. We have a cake that is already ready. Flowers all in the house. Food getting ready to be cooked. Dance music. Celebrate good times. Come on. We celebrate. No, no, serious. We've been doing this for two years. It started during the COVID years, pandemic, whatever. We stopped. We celebrated. We went around the table and we said, what are you thankful for? And you know, sometimes my kids, God bless them, they'd say, I'm thankful for everything. Meaning, get to it. I want to get the cake. No, 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 no. Say it. Say it. Say it. What are you thankful for? I'll tell you next week more about what that whole 24-hour period can look like, but I want to give you an application. Friday night, before you even do it with friends or family, and if you are, and if you, if you are alone or if you are single, each and every one of you, you're invited to our house on Friday night to gather around the table. Uh, Jewish rabbis would once say that on the Sabbath, on the Sabbath, we do not complain. On the Sabbath, we do not speak evil. We do not bring up the ills of the world. And my goodness, the Jews have known ills in this world. The people of God know suffering. You and I know suffering. It is not to be lazy. No, 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 you'll work better than ever six days. It's, it's not to be in, in, in denial of the suffering in the world. Oh, no, no, no. It's to remember that God neither slumbers nor sleeps. It's to realize even in the great mystery and the perplexity of human evil and suffering that God is still alive and he is the king and he will return one day and there will be an eternal wedding feast of celebration where the sons and daughters of God rise up and we worship Jesus forever in our new body, in a new heaven, and a new earth. Yeah. I love weddings. I can't wait for an eternal wedding with Jesus. Application. Get alone with family or other people in this church family and prepare a meal and stop and celebrate God. You could say, I do that all the time. Well, what happens if you don't feel like it next Friday? Oh, I, I'm always thankful to God. I'm always, well, well, you have these rules set up. And I just am here to say this because I'm here on Sunday morning. I had an overdose of fall goodness yesterday. I'm talking outside for hours. I got to do a staycation and enjoy God's creation. And after this, I'm gonna keep enjoying God's creation. 
But there was a purposefulness, and I wanna encourage you with that meal going into the weekend and what that looks like. To say to the world, but ultimately to your soul, I am stopping and delighting in you, God. You have great plans and great purposes and great success for me and my family, but I'm not going forward and I'm not doing anything without you. Amen? Amen. You know, on a final, on a personal note, I didn't realize that in these COVID years, and I'm not just saying this, I am a pastor's son. And I'm so blessed to, to be that. Uh, but I, the courage to stop, I didn't really realize that um, there were specific pastors that God gave uh, me to really connect with to encourage them to stop and find rest. And so much of this, this church journey with uh, South County, you know, I started, I'd walk around the Ryan Center and believe that God would fill it one day to the praise and glory of Jesus, amen? I still do. But I'd have all these beliefs and I, I would find myself with a, uh, with a holy discontentment of wanting every voice empowered, wanting to see people just, just in the local church and flourishing in their purposes and all of that. And, and what I found that during that time, um, I, not looking at my own soul and the trauma of like, you know, like recently, sometimes I'll have people, they'll, they'll, they'll send me a message and they'll be like, hey, where is so-and-so back when you were at the South Kingston High School? And I'm like, that was 2019. Where is so-and-so? I said, that person stayed isolated because they had to. Where is so-and-so? Well, that person really believed what we were doing, but I don't know, they just didn't show up. And I was sensing within my own soul that as I was encouraging pastors who, no matter their size of their church, that, that they would come back to me two years later and they would say this, that your encouragement to stop and to enjoy God literally saved my life, let alone my ministry. Hey, do you know that when it comes to trauma, take cancer, it's not just the person who has the biggest trauma, it's all the people around them that are impacted, right? Are you, you following? The trauma that you feel, the, 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 the trauma that you feel that I feel over these last years, you know, whatever your take on the last few years, we would all agree that life was hard before 2020. Yes? And with all the different things that have been going on over the last few years, I realized, I realized this, that, that it was so much easier for me to encourage other people to stop and enjoy God than it was for me to stop. I love people. And God said, you got to realize this. I am the one who loves people, but more than anything else, I need you to know this. Yes, I love people. I also love you. And I need you to slow down. So you know what the question, and it will forever be as long as I have life, and it will be this. When it comes to Generation Church or any Jesus Church, and I have the privilege to speak and to preach in a lot of different churches, and it's this. Do you want your church to grow? And do you know what I hear from people who have had thousands of people in their church? The pastors and the leaders, you know what they're saying? 
We need one another to grow healthy. Healthy. For our families, for society. We've been doing Sabbath imperfectly for the last two years, starting with stopping for 24 hours and not working. So that we can enjoy God and have healthy souls. Because when we slow down well, and when we stop, if you say stop, we love well. Are you guys in agreement and unity that we need to love well? And that the hardest people sometimes is ourselves. Because you do know the hardest person to lead is you. So I'll encourage you. We've been looking at practices each week about slowing down so we can stay devoted to Jesus. Be it a student, an apprentice of Jesus means to be a learner. Let's keep looking at God's word. Let's keep ruminating talking about these things, meditating, muttering out loud. And I just want to encourage you. The reason why Sabbath has helped save my life and my family is because Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. Somebody might say, well, there's a verse that Jesus says that you can heal on the Sabbath because I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. See, they were in a generation 2,000 years ago where they tried to follow the Sabbath meticulously. We live in a generation, especially in the Western American church, that many are not practicing. And yet we're more hurried, busy, worried than ever. But God has given us an ancient practice to stop and to delight in God and who he is. Whatever trauma you've experienced through life, whether it's the last few years, I believe right now, and we're gonna send you out, we'll have the music playing and a place of prayer and presence. But I, God, want to pray a prayer over everybody that is in this room and everybody online. And if you would just um, allow, through a little bit of respect, just for a moment or two in this space, in this environment. We don't even need the keys, just right where you are. I just, Father, I, I am not a spiritual guru. Lord, I am someone like so many in this room and online who've been saved by your grace. Thank you for allowing us these few hours in the midst of 168 hours to look at you and to remember. I pray for people, whether it's physically, emotionally, or mentally, I pray that right now they would experience a touch of your hand Holy Spirit, that they would be filled with your presence. Strongholds would be broken off. There would be, the heaviness would be lifted. That people would have the peace that surpasses all understanding. And God, I pray that as we go from this place, as a people of your presence, that we would look with excitement that you have work for us to do, success, flourishing, opportunity, a lot of dreams, a lot of good work. But God, we say we are gonna be courageous to set up our lives of stopping, resting, 
delighting in remembering you. In Jesus' name. And God, if anybody is in this room that does not know that they are loved by you, the word of God says that it is those who confess with their heart from their mouth, their mouth from their heart that you are Lord, they will be saved. God, we don't need a hand raised. We don't need anybody coming forward today, but I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would do that miracle of new life, that people would leave this place, every single one and everyone listening or watching, that they would go about their lives while they have breath, knowing that they are forgiven, that they are loved, and that you are their father. And it is only through the sacrifice and the death and the resurrection of Jesus.